brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match, with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Sif Pop Podcast is recorded in front of a live internet audience. What? What? Huh? Uh, what? <laughs> live from a bunker in the heart of the Ozarks, a podcast that learned to fly an actual helicopter just so we could review how Tom Cruise flies actual helicopters, it's Sif Welcome to Sif Pop, streaming live on Spreaker every Saturday afternoon or in a random occasions, maybe like a Friday morning. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> or available to download later in your podcast feed, unless, of course, you're a patron. Patrons get perks! Patrons get those perks! What? <laughs> I'm Aaron Dicer from YourMovieFriend.com. He's Andrew Ormsby from Flick Freaks. Ahoy! And we- I'm an elderly man. And each week we'll chat Ahoy. about movies, television, whatever else from the pop culture universe is on our minds. <laughs> and as you can already tell by the rambunctionness in the room... Yep. It's host emeritus today. Hughes hanging out with Woo! us today. Thank you. Thank you. Bringing in the man voice today. Uh, Danae's <laughs> hanging out with us, uh, both because we love her, and she's welcome to come on any and every single episode she wants to. And I will if the movies are like this. <laughs> and well, there's a nice little sneak preview into what Danae thought. Yeah. Uh, and also because we're finishing up Danae or, or, or DA or Danae, a it's series so that you were doing. You're the one that came up with the title. I, I always get it mixed up. always struggle. With it. Well, I always, I always have to remember, okay, we finished with her name pun. <laughs> finished with the name pun. Finished with it. Yeah, this is the final kind of... Well, technically, there was an episode that like showed up in your Sif Pop podcast feed titled D.A. or D.N.A., mm-hmm. but this is the actual completion where we have our big giveaway that we're doing right. in this episode, which, by the way, if you have not signed up and you're listening live, you still have time. Go to SifPop.com slash giveaway. You can slide your name in there. But yeah, we're going to do a giveaway, and I will give my final review of an app that you told me about at the very beginning of the series that I had yeah. to review. So I'm excited. Yeah, good times. It was uh, a lot of fun. Um, good times. You can check that all out. It's in the main feed, uh, and we'll Are come you going to miss it, Aaron? Are you going to miss no, actually, having a little series in there? Actually, I am. You did a really good job with that. I think there are plenty of people who would love to hear more. Uh, of that kind of stuff. So, including Andrew, who's giving Thanks. the double thumbs up. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it was a lot of fun. 
There was, I think, I think one of my favorite episodes was the the one with the dinosaurs because I actually played around with the audio and did like the counter where I mispronounced all the dinosaur names. Uh huh. Yeah. I had a lot of fun like creating little audio worlds, but I could get so lost in that. I don't even know how people edit and don't lose like hours and hours and hours of their day because you can do so much. Mm hmm. Ugh. Yeah, editing can take up time. Uh, speaking of dinosaurs, anytime Danae t- texts her husband about us, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, instead of the dicers, it always comes up the dinosaurs in her text when she does voice to text. I do speak to text. Oh, okay. Now it makes sense. So Danae's like, hey, can we invite the dinosaurs over? Yeah. <laughs> and Justin's like, um, nope. <laughs> <laughs> Which ones? Because that makes about? a difference. I get to respond with any dinosaur gif, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's there's a one of um, a T Rex playing jump rope. Aww. I respond with that one pretty regularly. Like, oh, I did it again. <laughs> well, at least you know it's a name, you know, mishap, and you're not saying that Aaron's prehistoric. You know, <laughs> you didn't have to go there, Andrew. But you, I did. You didn't but have did. to. But I did. He's sleepy. He's going to be... Yeah, you made me wake up. He's going to be a different filtered version of himself. That's true. That's true. Technically, we, right now, it's 1030. This is when I would be waking up. Man. So. Well, it's nice. crazy. Well, today, this is when I would be waking up. We appreciate up. you being here. We have to record uh, on a different schedule this week because Aaron's going on Vacation. Vacation. Yes, and don't get any ideas. I have lots of cameras. Well, I, I usually am not public about actually when I go on vacation, but well, I'm uh, going to be here every day. Well, that's true. Mm-hmm. That's I still true. have to come to work. Okay, <laughs> you can protect protect my home. That's right. Yeah, I'm, gonna prote- I'm just going to camp here. Much appreciated. Uh, we're going to have a blast. Uh, of course, we've got our buried treasure that we'll talk about a little bit later. We've got the contest giveaway that we'll be doing in the episode. Uh, we've also got a sift quest. Uh, we've got a, uh, a sift sort that we're doing today. And, of course, we'll review Mission Impossible Fallout. Uh, but we like to kick it off with some Do We Care. Every single week, Ask Guy with the NRS <laughs> to find out. That joke's never going away for the rest of the episode, <laughs> by the way. Ask Guy with the NRS to find out what is going on in the entertainment world. I pick three topics for us to discuss. We must decide whether or not we care about them or not. Number one, Ryan Reynolds is making a stoner spinoff of Home Alone called Stoned Alone. So basically he's playing the uh, Kevin he's McAllister producing it. He's, character. I don't know if he's in it. He's producing it. Oh, he's it. producing it. Yeah. I don't know, man. It takes a it takes a special kind of stoner comedy for me to tune into just because that's never been something I identify with necessarily. Right uh, Dude, Where's My Car? I really enjoy. That's kind of a stoner comedy, right? Oh, like, yeah. That kind of thing. But... um. Sometimes, sometimes it just it's a little out there for me. So I'd, I'll have to kind of see it to, pass on to that. know. Yeah, I'd probably pass on it. I, I probably would pass too. But okay. is the interest that it's Ryan Reynolds? I think so. Okay, he's so funny. He's so great. Yeah, yeah, I do like Ryan Reynolds. All right, and I also like that he kind of like gets so he was so particular about Deadpool right? because he was the one that's like we're mm-hmm. doing this. Yeah, and doing it right. Right. So that makes me wonder if he would try to do something like this. Right. Yeah, but could be awesome. All right, would num- be number two, David Leach. Speaking of Deadpool, um, he also did uh, John Wick, Atomic Blonde. Mm-hmm. Um, he is in talks to remake Bruce Lee's Enter the Dragon. I'm very interested. Oh, yeah? Tell, tell me why. Um, because of the curse. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. I don't know that I would touch that. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> you believe in curses? Um, I don't. 
I don't know. I'm interested in it. You know, like it's intriguing to me. Mm-hmm. But there's also something about just that, you know, with people dying on set, especially when it's like Bruce Lee. Well, and- he didn't die on set. He died before the movie came out. Oh, yeah. Okay. Okay. It was yeah. his son who died on set of the crow. Of the crow. Yeah. But still, that's the thing I'm talking about. There's just like this feeling about there being like something weird there. So mm-hmm. I just, I'm like, yeah. eh, maybe just don't touch it. Maybe just make a new movie about something else that can stand on its own. See, I feel I have the same result as you. Maybe just make a new movie about something else, but it has nothing to do with the curse. It's just <laughs> do you know, just movie. do something else. You know. Uh, I, I'm intrigued for a couple reasons. One, you know, the name Enter the Dragon is you know held in such great esteem, right? Because it was the movie that launched his career. Unfortunately, he died before it came out, so all of his movies that he did back in China right. were then posthumously made famous because of that movie. Right. And then uh, also, if you're talking John Leach, you know, it's a guy who proves sure. he actually knows how to film a fight scene well. So that's another reason why mm-hmm. I would be interested in this. Casting would be a really intriguing thing to see for this. Casting is always interesting to me. I always like kind of how that shakes down. And yeah. I mean, did you have some ideas you wanted to present? Uh, Andrew Ormsby's Enter the Dragon. You should, are now the I casting director. Should I provide you some background music? <laughs> yeah. uh, I, I didn't even plan on it. So, uh, but, no. so then why do you say casting would be interesting? That's why. Because, you know, it's an open range and, you know, you have a movie like this. I would, you know what would be really cool that I would really be into? Okay. Jackie Chan as the main villain. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, it'd be cool. With the uh, the claw hand, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I immediately went to like look this in, up because I, I am interested in it. Yeah. And one of the comments that I was seeing that was posted on Twitter is someone said, I don't think this movie should be touched because it wasn't about the story. It was about Bruce Lee's incredible charisma, which cannot be replicated. And then people are, you know, kind so of. So, in other words, that. in the other words, the reason the movie works doesn't have anything to do with a cool story or anything, right? According so, to them. So, if you have someone out there who is as charismatic as charismatic as Bruce Lee, who has his skill set and his ability to, and the other thing is, like at that time, um, you know, the presentation of the martial art aspect of everything was just really intriguing, and I don't. You'd have to find somebody who has that intrigue has that experience, has that charisma. And if you can find that person, maybe redoing it would be like an homage to him. I don't know. Well, he is the most famous martial artist of all time. Right. So trying to, you know, get somebody on that level is almost impossible. So, but, Yeah, I can't even I can't even imagine who that would be. Because yeah. it's almost like it's, it's going it, to, it, not that it will fail, but it will never be Bruce Lee. So why touch it? Who's the guy that did Upgrade? Who's the guy that was the main character in Upgrade? Um, you talking uh, the Tom Hardy knockoff? <laughs> Discount Tom Hardy? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I remember thinking he was... Logan Shaw uh, Marshall? Yeah. Yeah. Logan I, Marshall Green. I, I remember thinking he was talented with the martial arts stuff, but he's not all that charismatic, I don't think. Or Asian. <laughs> well, that's true. You don't want right. to whitewash it. My apologies. Yeah. Yep. Cool. Yeah, that's interesting. I wonder how that'll play out, you know, with there being so much. I was listen, listening to your guys' show uh, with the commentary, and I don't want to um, trigger you, Andrew, but the commentary about Scarlett Johansson, you know, backing out of a movie. Yeah. So I just wonder if the people are going to give feedback, and then they're going to go, yeah, you know what, maybe we just don't want to touch this, or it's not the right time. 
Yeah. yeah. So we'll we'll see. Yeah. All right, number three, Walmart is planning on making their own streaming service to compete with Amazon and Netflix. I saw that. Uh, I care because I absolutely hate this. Yeah, I do too. I just it it just bothers me so much that big companies continue to think I need we need to make ours instead of somebody just like saying no we need a hub. We don't yeah. need every individual big company to have their own. Exactly. You know? And what does Walmart know about entertainment, really? <laughs> I do like their entertainment uh, section of the store. Go back and look at the big so, TV. So this is what <laughs> I want to know. What if Walmart bought Redbox? I don't know. Is Redbox... I mean... Because Redbox is already in every single Walmart. What if they turned... Redbox into a streaming service. Yeah, that's the only that. thing I can think of to make this. You know, sure. My first thoughts is that Walmart. Well, they're the number one, you know, retailer. Yeah. So they have number one physical re- retailer, right? Amazon is technically the number one uh, retailer. Oh yeah, Bezos became the richest man in the world. You see that? Yeah. Walmart well, he- is the world's largest retailer. Yeah, I, maybe, I, don't, maybe, I don't know. Maybe Amazon's not retail. Maybe that's maybe that there's that's the difference. Maybe retail means not online. I'm not sure. Well, they are online okay. now too. But I mean, you can order things online and you sure. can pick them up yeah, in yeah, the yeah. store, and they deliver now. But, anyway, yeah. their their whole model is to uh, is to beat prices. Mm-hmm. You know, so I think it would potentially be good if they have access to it and they make it affordable. You know, maybe they're just trying to undercut. That's kind of their Could whole be. thing, right? That's Could be. their whole entire way of starting. I happen to know this because it affected my family, actually. My grandparents had a store in a little town, and the people from Walmart would come in, and they had little notebooks, and they would write down everything that they had on the shelves and their price. And that way, when they opened their store, they beat everyone's prices. And that's how they put people out of business. Wow. Yep. That's that's an amazing story. Isn't it terrible? They shut them down. That was like their livelihood, and then yeah. they couldn't compete with it. And so we've just seen the progression of the Walmart, you know, model. So, anyways, I'm not saying that Walmart ruined my family or anything like that, mm-hmm. but they definitely had that way of going about it. So I wonder if they're just gonna like undermine, like bring the prices down, make it affordable for everybody. But you're right, like they're not in the entertainment business, so they probably shouldn't do it. I just it's a too many cooks thing for me. That's yeah. all. That's where I land on it. You know, they just see money dollars. That's all. <laughs> dollar, dollar, dollar bills. Dollar, y'all. dollar, y'all bills. <laughs> and that's that. There that, we that, go. That's my street cred right there. <laughs> dollar, nice. dollar, dollar bills, y'all. Woot and yeet, I say. Well, I think that's it, Andrew. <laughs> that's going to wrap it up for Do We Care. All right. Let's, uh, let's head on to our uh, review for today. The review will be Mission Impossible Fallout. You had a terrible choice to make in Berlin. One life over millions. And now the world is at risk. This is the CIA's mission. If he had held on to the plutonium, we wouldn't be having this conversation. His team would be dead. Yes, they would. That's the job. Ethan Hunt and the IMF team joined forces with CIA assassin August Walker to prevent a disaster of epic proportions. Arms dealer John Lark and a group of terrorists known as the Apostles plan to use three plutonium cores for a simultaneous nuclear attack on the Vatican, Jerusalem, and Mecca, Saudi Arabia. When the weapons go missing, Ethan and his crew find themselves in a desperate race against time to prevent them from falling into the wrong hands. 
This is the sixth Mission Impossible movie that Tom Cruise has produced and brought to us, uh, each with a different director until now. Christopher McQuarrie doing his second in a row and really is the first true sequel to the movie before it. This movie definitely relies on some of the plot points from the movie before it. So lots of interesting things going on with this one. We all know that Tom Cruise loves to do new and incredible stunts. But did you like it, love it, dislike it, hate it, or it was just okay? Andrew, let's start with you. So I've seen a lot of movies. <laughs> yes. I've seen a lot of movies. I love where this is going. This is not only what I consider to be the best Mission Impossible movie. It's not only one of the best movies of the year i'm gonna go out and i'm gonna say it this is one of the best movies i've ever seen ah big praise from andrew so uh just to clarify that's a a love bit okay all right just wanted wanted to make sure Uh, danae um everything andrew just said nice i echo that yeah firmly in the love i guess i haven't seen a lot of movies but of the movies that i have seen yeah I think this is definitely one of my most favorite, um, and I loved it. <laughs> well, I get to be that guy <gasps> on this no. podcast. Yeah, I'm in the hated it camp. Whatever. No, no I'm not. just kidding. No, oh I love it gosh. too. Same as you guys. No, it's. Did you get scared? <laughs> Did you believe him? No. Nah. Oh, okay. You know, I, you... thought, I thought whenever he said he hated it, I thought he was going to say I really liked it. And I'm like, yeah, you're wrong. What but... if I? What if I would have been? What would you have believed? You know, it was just okay. Would you have believed? No. Kind of no. liked it. No. no. I, I right. The movie's too good for me <laughs> right. to believe anything. Here's what would happen if it was actually true. Andrew would get up, walk out, <laughs> and be like, I'm not doing a podcast with this guy. He does not know movies. Oh, no. I'd be more like, you made me wake up in the morning to argue with you. I just wanted to sit no. down and we'd just both go, yeah, it was one of the best no, movies ever. No, this is going to be a gush fest for yeah. sure. All three of us really love I'm firmly in the loved it camp. Um, I didn't go A+. plus. I, I went A. I went five donuts. Uh, five donuts from D- Danae. Uh, man, this is a good movie. Where do you even want to start? What do we start with? Okay, this is where I want to start. All right, this is hands down my favorite part of the movie. And surprise, this is my favorite part of the movie. No spoilers. The sound design in this movie ding, is ding, 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 ding. like the, not even joking, this is Oscar-worthy sound editing. Oh, yeah, for this sure. This is going to, I, I can't imagine anything, maybe uh, a quiet place, you know, just because mm-hmm. of the, the subtle nuance of the sound. Right. But as far as like, perfection in sound design this movie hits it uh it's interesting that you bring that up first that is a very interesting place to start i wouldn't argue with you it is absolutely incredible sound design it's not the thing i loved most about the movie it's the thing Um, that stood out the most to me did it really it is it is absolutely beautiful and i i also continue to fall in love with the theme like in the way it's used in these movies and man it is it is one of the the greatest musical creations ever, the theme to Mission Impossible. It's just so perfect. But, but you know, the, the, what's interesting, li- every single movie, you know, they do something a little different with the music. They kind of bring it to life in a new way. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the sound aside, the soundtrack to this movie had me the whole time. The way yeah. that um, the composer pulled just certain elements of this theme that we know so well mm-hmm. out and it was just clean and simple and then sometimes it was complicated and really loud and other times there was one particular scene where it's just the drums like the but it's like the drum line feel where it's yeah. the high the higher sounds of the drums that you know that they carry yeah. in the fields yeah but the and that 
was so fun. That and I don't know. I just loved how the the music was crafted. But yeah. even beyond that, I think what you're saying, Andrew, is like how the sound, everything worked together. Like how they would kind of pull some things into the front so that you can kind of hear certain elements during fights, or mm-hmm. um, it, it really added its own character to the movie. Well, here's why I think it stands out. The sound design is because there, like you said, there's an amazing soundtrack to this movie. Yeah. But whenever it's a high octane sequence in the movie, did you guys notice there was no score or anything over it? I didn't notice that. No, I really? love that though. It, I, that's something Soderbergh did in what was the, um, what was that called? He used an MMA wrestler, I think a uh, woman MMA wrestler to do the, the lead for it. He had a movie. Oh, what was that called? Soderbergh? Yeah, Soderbergh. Um, I'll look. I'll look it up. But he did that same thing where the score was during the non-action parts. Yeah. And then whenever action happened, everything dropped out. Yeah. Yeah. It, he. Uh, this movie lets the high octane moments be its own soundtrack. I whether think it's such fast a good choice. Oh, our, it works so good. And I'm really glad that they did that because one of the things and this will kind of transition into something else that we could talk about. Haywire is the name of the movie. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, is that this movie? The pacing I thought was really, really great because you see so much action and adventure and there's all of these different, you know, not just there's all kinds of chases just like you would expect from a movie like this. But there are some that are suspended for so long. We have been and and I was like on the edge of my seat. I found myself gripping and gasping. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And like it really takes you through. And if you had this charging music over the top of these charging action scenes, I think people would have had heart attacks in the theater because it was just so much momentum. This movie builds momentum and then releases it and builds it and releases it and builds it and builds it. And like then by the end, it's just this crazy like. How am, how are we how are we still having so much action and having so much fun? Mm-hmm. We've already had so much action, and and sometimes I feel exhausted watching him. But this one is just it was like nonstop excitement. I I will say like the best kind. I even I believe actually in a little bit of opposition to what you're saying, but I think dropping that stuff out during the action actually builds the intensity. It's not that the the audience couldn't take anymore. It's that that gives it a like a visceralness, you know, because it's, real. you, it's more real. Yeah. You're in it, like you're feeling it. The other part of the action and the reason it works so well, and we all know it, and sometimes it's made light of or made fun of, but the fact that Tom Cruise is really doing these things yeah. and the fact that they can shoot his face while he is hanging from whatever or while he is flying, flying whatever or yeah. whatever it might be. It, it subtly, subconsciously puts you in a more authentic place for these action scenes than when you have to use a stunt double and you can't really see who it is. And I mean, you can just suspend your disbelief and believe it's the same character, but when you see it's actually him, or you mm-hmm. see him jump from one building to another, and you know he actually he broke his ankle doing that. Can we yeah. talk and, about that? And for by a the way, they used that take. They actually did I use the know. take. I know. I was like, that's unbelievable. Um, Where he gets up and he starts limping off. Yes. I'm like, oh yeah, he has a broken leg. See, I didn't know that until afterwards, and I was reading about uh, about this movie and just some of the things on Wikipedia. Did you know that what that cost? Eighty million or something like that. Yeah, Mm -hmm. eighty million dollars. They had to stop uh, for like eight weeks and still pay everybody so that they could retain everybody, but it didn't actually go into the cost. Like when you look at the cost that this movie had, that's the eighty million is not included because insurance covers that kind of stuff. But he was back into, um, I think. 
they were expecting him to take nine weeks to recover, and he was back at week seven. Of course he was, because he's <laughs> Tom Cruise. There is there is a one uh, run scene, and my husband mentioned he always loves watching Tom Cruise That's run. That's one of the big things. Oh, yeah, yeah he has the, Tom he has Cruise the has cool the, run. Yeah, he's got the cool run in every movie. Okay, I've never noticed it before. Really? This movie, there's this one particular run scene where, you know... It, there's an extended, extended run scene. extended run yeah, scene. yeah. And it was comical to me to watch him run. I don't know that I've ever watched it before. It was like, hip, 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 hip. It's very, like, angular. Oh, like it's his... in every cruise no, movie. No, it, it reminds me of the T-1000. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I wrote down in my notes, Android run, because it just looks, but mm-hmm. that's his way yeah. of running. And I also, think it looks awesome. It does look awesome. At first, I was like, hee, hee, hee. And I'm like, nope, this is pretty awesome. Um, You also got to see, like, his body build when he's running because you know the wind is just pressing against his shirt and you're watching Tom Cruise run as fast as he possibly can and you know that he's a geriatric man and yeah can we just mention for a second 56 years 56 old 56 years old and he is just trekking it like insane across this uh, across these scenes these various anytime he's running really but there's mm-hmm. just that one scene and I'm like he is a He's a beast. He's a freak of nature. Here's what and, I want to know. And he, you can see this like barrel chest, and you can tell he's aging. His body has changed over time, and it kind of has this little like what I see like older guys get, this sort of like barrel chest kind of look. Well, the spine starts to compress, and so yeah, yeah there's there's a, a little bit of a and look so to it. I'm looking at him, and I've known this guy on film for so long, and so I know I'm comparing him to himself. And it's just so crazy that he's still so um, active and carrying fifty six and carrying this movie. Um, but I thought the movie did a really good job. Just to, and I know that Andrew, you've got something to say, but I, I think they did a good job too of having other characters that were action like, mm-hmm. not leaving all of the action just to Tom. That's what I was going to lead into. But first, what is it with these old guys like Tom Cruise and Keanu Reeves doing their own stunts? Showing up all these young guys, yeah, in like doing everything themselves. It's like, why, why aren't all these young guys doing this now? But okay, I'm going to transition into this because I think that this film and what sets it above all the other Mission Impossible movies is because um, Ethan Hunt was always the focus of all the Mission Impossible movies, and it wasn't until recently they realized. It's a team effort. Yeah. And I think that this one, this movie here, more than any other, really focuses on team. Yep. And I mentioned that in my review. It was one of my points really? was about how it feels like a family yeah. now. It oh, re- it's, it's, it's uh, Fast and the Furious. Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. Family. Um, you know, Simon Pegg, Ving Rhames. Yeah. Uh, in, not only that, because it's a direct sequel, we also are more invested in these people as characters. We already have some of the story. We already right. have, know who they are. Right. Yeah. Uh, there's a real benefit to that if you can pull that off in a franchise. But but can't you like? And we've seen this with Marvel movies. You, the characters that we're used to seeing these teams coming together, the Avengers, and we've right. seen good group movies. But this is so fun to see it develop on the Mission Impossible franchise and done really, really well because there are a lot of characters in this. And I will say this is another major, major positive for me was there's a lot of characters and a lot of plots and a lot of subplots and a lot of uh, plans within plans within plans. This this movie takes you on so many different adventures. There's not really a way to explain just one thing that's going on because there's always something. But you it's know, comprehensible, like, right? Like you they, understand exactly, it. Exactly. And that's I think they did such a good job of not relying on the previous movies to define this one as far as the plot's concerned. 
this movie stands alone in its plot and it also reintroduces you to the characters. So if you don't remember who they were, like my husband, he doesn't remember most of the characters from previous. So mm-hmm. he's like, I didn't remember that this person was in the previous one. But by the end, it's fine because you know kind of who they are. They've reestablished a storyline. Right. So they're not only reestablishing the characters, but they're also doing a complex Mission Impossible spy movie that we love where things get complicated and things don't go as planned, which I loved that things don't go as planned and things do go as planned, but they use the technology and the screen time to help you know where you are, where you are both in the plot and sometimes on the map. And in those chase scenes that we love, that's so helpful yeah. because you kind of are like, oh, I, I know what's happening. So I didn't find myself confused at There's, all. The understanding the geography of action is so important for a director, and Christopher McQuarrie gets it better than most. He did really um, great. It is like, that was so good. <laughs> it was really good. The other thing I would mention about the action, bef- you know, I have so many things to say, but yeah, that final action scene i don't even know how long it was because i was on the edge of my seat the entire time yeah felt like maybe it was the last 20 minutes of the movie maybe 30 minutes of the movie i don't know is possibly the best action scene ever put on film it is incredible what they do in the last half hour of that movie you know you just they did such an you believe that they've got nothing to lose and they're giving every element of their body, their mind, their soul to accomplish this mission. Mm-hmm. Like they literally are putting everything out there and you see it happening and you're watching just these incredible feats of strength, which h- how do they even survive all this stuff? I don't know, but <laughs> well, it's a movie, <laughs> but it's a movie. <laughs> uh, they, they have given a little bit into the, you know, superhero ishness of Ethan hunt. You know, yeah. he's, he's definitely a superhero more than a human. Uh, in some of the things he does and survives. Uh, I do also want to bring up uh, Henry Cavill as well, who really I good. thought was really good in this. Yeah. Um, and, you know... Good mustache. Yeah, and I really enjoyed... Uh, I get that reference because I read up on Wikipedia. Uh, <laughs> I know uh, what you're talking about. I'm so I, proud of myself. I think, And I think the chemistry between Cruz and Cavill was yeah, really yeah, yeah. interesting and fun, too. I, I really liked his performance and the way it played into everything. So. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. And, um, and seeing their height differences at sometimes, you know, they're just such different visually they're so they're both beautiful um men but then at the same time they're just their builds are so different you've got mm-hmm. this like little like five five or whatever however tall uh tom cruise is and then you've got this superman superman yeah 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 <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah literally superman yeah and they do a good job of uh bringing in elements of humor as well in the movie um this doesn't it's not just action there's times whenever you can laugh and and there's unexpected humor moments um uh, which is really uh, relieving at times let me hit on that really, really, really quick uh, with Henry Cavill. Did not, this is, he felt so different than he's ever. Agreed. It's the mustache. It's a great performance. <laughs> yeah, it's a really good performance because when I'm watching it, I'm not like, oh, that's Superman trying to be somebody else. No. Right. No. I, like, you don't associate him at no, all. No, that's August no. Walker. Yeah. That yeah. is August Walker, CIA agent. Yeah. Assassin. No, he so really good. did. Yeah, from his body posture and even in sometimes the way like that he would clench his jaw, like he was just that person. There was, I mean, I knew that he had played Superman, but it, I didn't have that fold over where sometimes in movies yeah. you can feel the previous Yeah, he was, he was great. Yeah. The other... Major positive for me, and this this is a me thing. This is what I love about movies, and I love it when a movie can do this and still be all those other things. The themes in this movie are really smart and really good. And I love how each individual Mission Impossible movie 
kind of has its own take on one of the elements that it takes to do an impossible mission. So when you're trying to do something that seems impossible, there are different points you can make about this. In this movie, very specifically, through the relationships, through the missions, through catching the bad guy, all of it, the theme throughout, the thread throughout was improvisation. Yeah, I'll figure it out. The theme was, I'll figure it out as we do it. And sometimes when you're doing something you think is impossible, you just have to figure it out as you go. And that's what this movie was saying. You're speaking to my life, Aaron. And you had had mentioned how, you know, things fail. Mm -hmm. That was the theme, I think, of uh, three. No, maybe it was four. Uh, It was Brad Bird's. That was the fourth one, right? Um, Ghost Protocol? Ghost Protocol The theme of Ghost Protocol was every single thing went wrong. Every invention didn't work. Every, you know. So each of these movies have a different thing that says something about what it means to try something that seems impossible. And as crazy as it sounds, that's life applicable, right? Like, that's something we live. You know, we have things we're trying to do that feel impossible. The perseverance. And and the perseverance, or in this case, the improvisation. And so I just, I love that about these movies. And the fact that it can do all those other things and still actually mean something, that's pretty incredible. There's also other sub, you know, lying themes in this movie. Oh, sure, of course, yeah. Like another very prominent one is one over many, you know, Mm -hmm. sort of thing. I don't want to go into too many details on that, but, you know, the value of life, you know. Mm -hmm. You get to see um, Ethan be empathetic and careful and you get to see his character. And, you know, even if even if there's uh, other characters who are like questionable on screen at the same time, you still see um, the beauty of his version of how to be a good human. Right. And that really is another theme I really loved, too. Yeah, but, definitely. Yeah. And that is and that is a through line as well. You're absolutely right about that. Yeah. Uh, I only have one con, and it's minor, minor, Yeah, minor. me too. Me too. There are some uh, uh, plot things happening that I don't think make sense, just like one or two, but that could just me be not understanding I'm excited to talk about those in um, in spoilers because I don't remember feeling that there were very many plot machinations that didn't make sense. What I remember feeling, which is my very slight negative, is every everything was obvious to me. There was nothing that surprised me in this movie as far as major plot movements. And I don't know that the movie was necessarily trying to hide those things. I was just about to say that. But, um, but still, they did feel like they were supposed to be twists. But that's okay. I don't mind when I see things coming. That actually doesn't usually bother me that much. But being predictable, the, this movie was predictable in a way that I never had any moment where I was was surprised by something. There was which a is, which is okay. I would agree with fine. that. That's actually something I wrote down is that I kind of knew the things when they were about to happen. But even though I knew it was about to happen, it was still fun to watch them exactly. Happen. Yeah, and so that's okay. Yeah. No, I I totally agree, and that's why it's. If, if I, a negative at all, it's a very minor I actually one. leaned over to my husband at three points during the movie and said, this is about to happen. You know, and I told him what I thought, and then it did happen. Yeah. You know. Yeah, I'm excited in spoilers to talk about some of that stuff, because for me, it wasn't even right before it happened. Like, right from the setup of mm-hmm. some of this stuff, I knew exactly what the plot was, yeah. was going to do. So, Do you mean you to know. blow your mind right now? Yeah. Number two movie of the year. Number two. Number two. I wondered if it might be your number one of the year. Which mm. what's still above it? Infinity War. Okay, but it beat out Incredibles too. I, that one, two, three punch this year. What an this what is an the amazing best year for movies. Year for movies. 
Those three movies are just Is Black Panther not counting anymore? Black Panther counts as well. Oh, we're not saying Quiet those are the Place only three. counts as well. Yeah. Like, I mean, this has been... Um, How do we stop this amazing train <laughs> yeah. of entertainment? Won't you be my neighbor? Well, <laughs> I, I, I've, said, I've said it once. I'll say it again. I know we complain about no new ideas, all sequels, that kind of stuff. But they're good. Uh, we complain about big budget movies instead of smaller movies. But I just I don't see it in the in the actual cinema, you know. Like when yeah. you actually look at the year, you go, "Nope, it's movies are better than ever, man." Yeah. So, uh, which makes me happy. Yeah, makes me very happy. Um, I don't know that I really have anywhere else I want to go with the review. Anybody have one last thing? So good, it's so good. Today, did you have anything else you feel like didn't get mentioned that you want to mention? Did you guys see it in three D or two D? Uh, just oh, regular 2D. I do want to go down to Brent's and to the Laser IMAX to watch I, I this. I do kind of want to see this in Laser IMAX as well. I wonder what it would be like. I saw it on 2D, and a couple of times I thought that the film seemed a little out of, like, it seemed like the focus was a little strange mm. for me. Oh. Like, I was like, oh, like, there's this one particular scene where it's a woman's face filling the screen, and it was like her left eye was in focus, but her right eye wasn't. And I wondered if it was because I was sitting on the left side of the theater. Interesting. Hmm. Or if that matters, like, do you have to be sitting in the middle of the theater to see everything? I don't know. Were you? Um, were you? Did you go to a 3D? No. Oh, okay, then no, that shouldn't matter at all. So, yeah. um, I guess that would be my only kind of negative. It'd be be but, interesting to see. Uh, my one last thing is I love it when a title means three different things, and this title means three different things, uh, and that that always. That always is fun for me. So. I want you to un- explain that in in the spoilers. I don't know if we even need to wait till spoilers. Nuclear do fallout. Yeah. yeah. Relationship, relationship fallout, fallout and actually falling out of things. Fall, like, his hair falling out? <laughs> yeah, oh, he is. still has a good head of hair. <laughs> he does. He's not like me. Uh, budget, $178 million. That'll make that back. Nice. Yeah, it, this could be interesting. Curious. This is going to really be a game changer in the Summer Sum game. Yeah. Um, where this lands could determine everything. So Cool, that was fun. Yeah, lots of fun. Um, uh, now for this next segment, Aaron and Andrew are going to talk about listing things. <laughs> so while they list and rank... Mission Impossible movies, I'm going to go over into the corner and whittle. Oh, you can hang out just in case you have something to say. I have nothing to say. Um, I am not a, I'm not a lister. I don't yeah. even remember the previous you, movies. Yeah, exactly. You know? Yeah. Well, so, you, were saying, you were saying your husband didn't remember people from previous movies, as if maybe you did. So, but... I, no, I kind of remembered the, okay. the lady. Okay. Kind of. The the lady or the two ladies? Yes. Okay. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Andrew. I guess it's up to us then for this sift sort. We're going to sift sort the six Mission Impossible movies. We'll go from the worst to first, Uh, and this this will be easy on the ends, I think, and hard in the middle. Oh, you'd be surprised, maybe. Oh, really? Maybe we don't have the same worst. Yeah. What's your worst? Mission Impossible Two. No, me too. Oh, okay. Yeah. No, I think I think that's kind of one of those consensus. Okay. Uh, yeah, it's a bad of, movie. Yeah, it's it's not great. John Woo, blah, doves. <laughs> well, here here's slow mo doves. You know, got anything else? Woo. One of the <laughs> one of the things that you know, and also the stunts in that movie are so over the top and ridiculous. Yeah. The motorcycle, like the job, motorcycle jousting, the hug you know? of death. Yeah, yeah. Um, which makes no sense whatsoever. But I think that one really relied too much on the uh, the face, you know, mask thing, you know. Yeah. Like every single person in that movie was doing it, mm-hmm. which is it, it's upsetting because I think that the theme of that one, you know, the uh, uh, the medical, you know, companies 
creating viruses so that they can release a cure and make money off of mm-hmm. it. I thought that was a really cool idea. It could just, have been an interesting thing. It yeah. just wasn't executed at all. Yeah, so you no. have it also at the last I one? also have it as the last. Yeah, okay. so we'll go ahead and lock that in as number six. Number five, uh, I've actually got the original Mission Impossible at number five. I have it one above that, so yeah. So right around there? Yeah. And, and again, for Mission Impossible 2, I actually think you could call a bad movie. Yeah. Um, or, or, or at best, an okay movie. Yeah. Uh, these other five, I think, are all great movies. Yeah. I, I really love the original Mission Impossible. I do, too. The technology doesn't stand up. That's for sure. Like, you know, it's it's That's obvious. It's a 90s movie, isn't it? Yeah, but even the way they were using it, like, it was obvious they didn't understand how the internet worked <laughs> in that movie, um, which, you know, you can see in hindsight. But, um, but man, good performances, fun you know, twists and turns. Uh, there were a lot of people angry at the time that they made that character from the TV show uh, the bad guy yeah. because he was such a loved character from the TV show. Yeah. Um, but, man, it's it's really good. I also good. Uh, think that it's so different from every other Mission Impossible movie that followed it because it wasn't really an action movie except yeah. for the last, you know, helicopter train scene with Jean Reno. Um, but I think it was more of a spy kind of noirish film right. you know like the who done it and then of course it has the infamous uh uh silent you know room where mm-hmm. he's you know hanging down it's one of the most famous scenes in catching movie. a sweat the rat yeah. that comes up at the wrong time yeah and the knife the and sound yeah. yeah it's one of the most famous scenes in cinematic history oh uh, yeah. yeah yeah definitely okay good stuff. so i had it one above that i'm curious to see what the other one that you have around it because i have ghost protocol or i mean uh mission impossible three as the second one. I, I love Mission Impossible 3. Really? We're not even going to get Phil- to that for another couple. <laughs> Philip Seymour Hoffman. I think he's incredible in it. I think it's the most underrated of the Mission Impossibles. Uh, I think it's an incredible film. Um, I There's so much I enjoy about it. Okay, um, well, then I'm all right with locking in the first Mission Impossible. All right, all right. And we don't have to have Mission Impossible 3 as high as I have it, obviously, but... Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think that works. So MI2 and then Mission Impossible. Let's talk about... Uh, let's talk about what's next. I've got Rogue Nation next. Uh, I have it as my number four, so yeah, right around there, roughly. Okay. Yeah. Um, are you okay with Mission Impossible 3 being above Rogue Nation? Just say yes. <laughs> this is Danae's I'm input. Sorry, I, I'm, I'm, I'm on, um, I'm on Facebook, um, uh, stories uh-huh. doing rolled eyes while you guys are talking. <laughs> okay, good. Good to know. I'm going to go Snapchat next. <laughs> okay, yeah. That's, All right, yeah. let's let's do that then. Let's talk a little bit about Rogue Nation though before okay. we, before we lock it in. So this is the first one where we meet Jeremy Renner, right? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Which apparently is, you know, it was just a one time thing. Oh, he was in two, wasn't he? Can we talk about Jeremy Renner for a second? Sure. I actually have a question for you guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was reading on Wikipedia and some other resource, resources yesterday after the movie that Jeremy Renner um, did not confirm his involvement in Mission Impossible Six because he was working. On Infinity Wars, but then he wasn't even in Infinity Wars, nor was he in Mission Impossible Six. So, what is he doing? Okay, so just because he wasn't in Infinity War doesn't mean he wasn't working during the shooting. He also of, had because tag of, because of the two movies. They shot a lot of that together, so he could be in whatever the next one's going to be called, but uh, was shooting it during that time. Yeah. Okay. Um, okay. So, Thank you. Because I'm like, dude, where are you? Well, it is. He's, he's been nowhere and everywhere. Did he break his body? I think I remember he got hurt. He got hurt doing tag. He broke a hand 
uh, during the filming of Tag. And oh, that's a movie. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought that was like a game that you. It play. is a game it that is. you play, and that's what the movie's about. Oh, is okay. the game yeah. that you play. Thank you. Uh, you're, so you're very welcome. We also get to finally meet. Uh, this is the second time I think where we meet because I think he was first in Ghost Protocol. Yes, Jeremy Renner. Correct. So, uh, but this is where we first meet Rebecca Ferguson. Sorry, that's my Snapchat. I apologize. I apologize. Yeah. <laughs> this is where we first meet Rebecca Ferguson and her, you know, breakout role, which you know was good enough to get her in this movie as well. Um, I also think Sean Harris is an awesome villain. Yeah. Oh, he's so good. He's so good. Yeah, yeah definitely. But uh, uh, and, and I gotta and I gotta be honest with you. Uh, you know, these three are all almost identical for me. Uh, so, in their level of incredibleness yeah, yeah so um so yeah putting rogue nation there works for me um that is uh christopher mcquarrie starting to kind of put his stranglehold on mission impossible and say you know i i fit fit this franchise very well and, so, and he does and he really does this so. is also um where, you know, you actually get to see Ethan begin to actually reveal how much he cares about these people. Like yeah. that one scene at the end of that movie where Sean Harris has Simon Pegg in that bomb suit. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Ethan Hunt and uh, Simon Pegg are just staring at each other. They, ref- they reference it in the new movie, too. It's a great, yeah. great moment. Yeah. <laughs> I'll figure it out. <laughs> but no, no, no. Yeah. It's a really good movie. And it is difficult ranking these top ones. Oh, so absolutely. So now can we talk about Mission Impossible 3? Yeah, let's put it here. Let's okay. put it here. here. Here's where I have issues with this movie. Um, I think Philip Seymour Hoffman is a really good villain. I really do. But this is the movie, and maybe this is why you like it, maybe why I don't. The Rabbit's Foot. Mm-hmm. They never say what the Rabbit's Foot no. is. I think that's lazy. Oh, really? Yeah. I just think it's storytelling. Yeah, you know, it's like, a MacGuffin, right? You know, it's the MacGuffin. Yeah, and also there's the one scene where you know he's breaking into the building to uh, get the rabbit's foot, which they don't show. They show it from the perspective of what's happening in the car while they're listening, and then you see him jump out the window, way too low to you know deploy the parachute, mm-hmm. and it's it just seemed like they were cutting away on all the good stuff. Oh, interesting. Because but J.J. Abrams does that. That's kind of one of his things. He likes he likes the idea of off camera big moments. Yeah, um, you'll see him do that in a lot of his movies because it's kind of the how when you like read a book, you get to you know fill in the blanks. It's kind of him saying you know sometimes it's it's fun for the human mind to be the one that kind of fills in the blanks and decides what it would have been like or or those kind of things. So th- that definitely is an Abrams thing. Yeah. So. Yeah, it doesn't doesn't quite bother me as much. I love some of the technical stuff in this movie. I love the stuff, um, you know, uh, like the brain stuff that they're doing here. Do you remember like the short circuiting stuff and the? Um, oh, I'm trying to remember the exact scene, but the only scene I remember is whenever or that we're talking about is whenever they're you know trying to get Philip Seymour Hoffman's voice in the bathroom. You know, no, I'm talking about uh, was it was Carrie Russell in uh, three? No, this is the one where we finally meet um, his wife. Uh, wh- who? W- what was her name? I'm sorry, I'm having a brain fart here. Uh, uh, what is her name? Is it? That's right. I'll get it for you here. Uh, I'm th- Michelle Monaghan. Yeah, yeah. This is where I first meet Michelle Monaghan, and the movie really relied on that. Uh, yes. Read, my, read my lips, sort of thing. Carrie Russell. Um, okay. Was it- no more taxes. <laughs> 
Sorry. Wasn't that Th- That's the, not the, the read reference? my lips that we're talking about. Yeah. But thank but thanks for trying. Cool. So I'll where just... would you rank the no more taxes speech among the Mission Impossible uh, franchise? You know, the very bottom. Yeah. <laughs> uh yeah, Carrie Russell played uh the agent uh early on that that's happened. This thing is happening too. I just thought it was an interesting way to play around <laughs> with, yeah. with death and play around with memory and yeah. you know, kind of how that stuff works. I thought that was very interesting. So but yeah, and this is this is where the family comes together, right? This is where Simon Pegg comes in. This yeah, is first where time we meet Simon Pegg is Bing when Rames. he's talking about the anti-god. Yeah, is back again. So yeah, this it's really fun to kind of see this family develop over the movie. Wasn't Lawrence Fishburne in that yeah. one? Okay, yeah. Yes. I'm thinking of the same right one. Okay, yeah. So, yep, that's Mission Impossible 3. Uh, and then we've just got left uh, Fallout and Ghost, uh, Protocol. Ghost Protocol. And I am assuming we have Ghost Protocol at number two and Fallout at number one. Yeah. You did it okay. Cool. Moving on. Not, no, not even close. Not close. We, we got to talk about Ghost Protocol. We haven't talked about either one of those movies yet. Well, we already uh, talked about Fallout. Well, that's true. But we can that's talk true. about Ghost Protocol. The scene that everybody loves from Ghost Protocol is whenever he's climbing the building in Dubai with the one working glove. Yes. And this is the one where you were talking about how everything in the movie breaks. Nothing works right in the right. movie. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. And this is a really good one because I think this was... No, never mind. It wasn't his last movie. Uh, Max Lundquist, who was the... Mm, right, uh, yeah, yeah. He was such a good actor. And it was really sad seeing him pass away. And I like, uh, at the end of the movie, the uh, one of my favorite... Uh, fight scenes in all the Mission Impossible movies is the fight scene in the uh, parking garage with the yes. automatic. Oh, it's so cool. That's there's, so cool. There's so much great in this movie. Uh, Brad Bird is so good. Um, he he just, he understands uh, tension. He understands momentum. He understands kind of how to keep you in things. Uh, I love some of the inventions in this, and I love when they go wrong, and I love how, you know... Uh, that they just continue to have to, you know, do what they're doing. So, yeah, I, I think Ghost Protocol deserves its slot at number two for me. And it's crazy. We say that we love all these movies. I still think that Fallout is a step above, like, I, I mean, in, an, in, in, most a, cases, in another level of good. So, so, in most cases, I would say ranking the latest one as number one probably has something to do with recency bias. No. Because that is a real thing, right? Oh, I'm not denying it's a real thing. But what but... I want to say about this list is I don't think ranking Fallout number one is a case of recency bias. I think possibly seeing it as that much better than Ghost Protocol might be a little recency bias. I don't I, know, man. I, I think... I. I wonder if it'll come back to the pack a little bit over time, but it's so hard to say because right now I'm just elated. Right now it's just, you know, yeah, the best thing ever. So, yeah. So there you go. The official list, the official sift sort of the Mission Impossible franchise goes as such in at number six, Mission Impossible 2 in at number five, Mission Impossible in at number four, Mission Impossible 5 Rogue Nation in at number three, Mission Impossible 3. In at number two, Mission Impossible 4 Gross Protocol, and in at number one, Fallout. Man. There you go. Good movie. Hi, Janae. Welcome back. Hey, guys. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Yeah. Well, it's good you're back, but because before we go on to the Sift Quest, uh, let's talk a little bit about our giveaway that we've been doing with your special edition. Yeah. Of, uh, your special entries into the Sif Pop feed, and uh, thanks, Centricity Music, for helping us out. So, Centricity Music is a music label, and they've been huge supporters of Studio DNA. Um, more often, they're on like the radio side of what we do because obviously they have artists who play 
uh, their music on there, but they've also been on our podcast. So if you've listened to any of Aaron and I's old podcasts called Chew the Dough, you've heard several interviews, including one with Jordan Feliz, who's a great artist. And what they did is they sent us a prize package to give away um, as sort of a launch of the mini series that we did here on some uh, podcast feed, which was called DA or DNA. And um, so thank you so much, Centricity, for doing that. They actually have a backpack. It's a really nice backpack. Um, I kind of want it myself, but I can't do that to you. A uh, metal mug, Jordan Feliz inspired, and then a couple of his CDs. But then they're also doing a gift certificate for Amazon Music. And we're doing a gift certificate for either Apple or Android so that you guys can enjoy some video games um, from us to you. So Centricity has been incredibly kind and they have really loved our little independent studio uh, when there's lots of big labels out there that just kind of brush over the little independent studios. Centricity has poured into us over the years and continues to be one of our biggest fans. So we highly recommend you go check out their artists. You can go check them out at centricitymusic.com and read all about what they do. You'll recognize other artists they have uh, like Unspoken, Lauren Daigle, and of course, Jordan Feliz, Andrew Peterson. Those are just a few of the awesome artists that we've been able to interview over the last few years. And if you want to take a look at the prize pack, uh, just go watch my Mission Impossible uh, review on YouTube. It's in the background on the couch. That's hilarious. <laughs> uh, I also posted it on my Facebook page if you follow me on Facebook. Um, but we're going to give that away here in just a little bit. Uh, thank you, Centricity. Very much appreciated. And uh, again, check them out uh, online. I think you'll like what you see. All right, let's move on to the Sift Quest. This comes to us through email again from Destry. Uh, Destry says, after listening to your last episode and hearing Andrew mention the pressure of having to like Scarface, I'm curious what other movies you felt pressured to like before deciding that it's just not a film you actually enjoy. Uh, glad you both seem to be happy and well and look forward to continually being an avid listener to your podca- podcast, Destry. Uh, thank, thank you, Destry. Yeah, thank you. appreciate that very much, Destry. Uh, great question, right? Very much. Like, uh, when you mentioned that, Andrew, I thought, I bet we've all got those movies where it's like you feel like you're supposed to like it, so you think you do like it, and then the more you kind of go on, it's like, you know what? Actually, I don't like this. I just think everybody else does. Yeah, I have four. Um, wow. Cool. I... I don't have four. <laughs> I, I have two, which it's actually really kind of one. Um, Danae, what do you have? I only thought, uh, because I just forget movies as soon as I watch them, sure. so it's a little difficult for me, but everyone loved American Beauty, and I hated it. Oh, yeah. The Kevin Spacey movie? Yeah. I do love that movie. Yeah. <laughs> so it's weird. It's just like, I just didn't like it. Yeah. But you knew that right away, so it wasn't like you felt like you you like tricked yourself into liking it or anything it was just you were like why does everybody like this movie i had more of that feeling with every single will ferrell movie ever Uh. everyone's like oh that's so funny and i'm like i hated it (laughs) there's only like one that i really enjoyed and that was when he wasn't trying to be funny that was like the one where he was a writer stranger than fiction stranger than i like that one yeah it's a great movie but no yeah i guess that feeling of you know elf you don't even like elf okay all right elf okay there we go i knew we could find one Elf, Elf was good. Seeing, seeing that smile just grow on Denise's face, like, yeah, like, yeah, no. that was fun. Yeah. Although now that I've haven't watched it for several years, I I don't like it as much. It holds up. <laughs> yeah, it, that's a perennial for us. Yeah, um, we watch that really? every Christmas. Yeah, my we watch he- Muppet Christmas Carol. My husband hates Elf because too. he had a roommate. And she'd watch it like every day. 
<laughs> she loved it. it so much. That might do yeah, that, it. Yeah. Daily. That, yeah. that, that'll ruin it. Uh, anyway. Speaking of roommates, that leads into my choice. Uh, Reservoir Dogs uh, was one that I watched in college and you know had a roommate and others who were like, Tarantino's the best thing ever. And I was like, yeah, this is cool. And then, you know, just later on, I was just like, actually, I don't, I don't really like this. <laughs> like, this isn't my thing. And honestly, it, that pretty much, the other one I thought of was Pulp Fiction. It really kind of goes with Tarantino in general for me mm-hmm. is I, I just, it's, he, he's not on my he's wavelength. Brazen. We, he's just not on my wavelength. Like, I don't find the same things uh joyful that he finds joyful right uh and so it makes it difficult for me to like the movies can i respect his uh his ability to create uh energy and kineticism with music and action absolutely there's some stuff in probably my favorite tarantino movie which isn't saying much again because he's you know i don't jive with him a lot but uh kill bill there's some stuff in kill bill that is mind blowing with the way it it provides momentum and kineticism uh, and and Andrew is smiling at my pun, uh, but it, it's one of those things. You made where, a pun. Yes, oh, it just, okay. just kind of went uh, went through your head. Uh, so it's just kind of one of those things where he did it again. <laughs> <laughs> he's done it again. Uh, where I didn't. I just eventually was like, no, actually, I don't think I like most Tarantino movies. So that's kind of been mine. Another funny thing is, uh, you like Kill Bills. I'm not really a fan of Kill Bills. Those I, are the I old, found those are- that. I found that to be the case with real Tarantino fans. They're not necessarily Kill Bill fans oh, really? all the time. Why? Yeah, no, no, no. there's just... something different about it. Yeah, it's a, it's a little bit different of a Tarantino joint. Yeah. So oh, interesting. Um, yeah. So, so those are the two. You have yeah, Reservoir Dogs. A, yeah, and it's Pope. pretty much just Tarantino. Okay. In general. Um, I'm gonna go with some classics here. Do it, Casablanca. Okay, I've I don't get it. it. It's get it. boring. Yeah, but that's one that I knew I didn't like, and I really didn't feel pressure to like it. Right. Here's one that I felt pressure to like, and I just can't do it. Citizen Kane. You can't like Citizen Kane? No. Can Karen, you, you're doing it. Can you at least look Don't at do it? Don't do it. I'm, well, I'm not okay, trying. here's the thing. I understand it's a masterpiece. Okay, yeah. I was wondering if you could at least look at it like as a... Uh, yeah. The things that Wells does in that movie changed how movies were made from that point are, on. Are you My more ne- upset that he doesn't like it or that I've never seen it? I'm not upset at all about either of those oh, things. Okay, okay. <laughs> Here's one. Okay, here the next one on my list, I think that you'll just go, okay, yeah, I'm right on there with you. Taxi Driver. Yeah, I'm with you on that one. Everybody loves that movie. And it's one of those college things, you know, everybody has the Robert De Niro poster. Uh, you talking to me? Yeah. You talking to me? Yeah. Walk in here. Uh, yeah. Wait, that was uh, Pacino. Yeah. yeah, I know. That was a different movie and a different <laughs> person. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, uh... Something with Taxi Driver I never clicked with. Yes, uh, Jodie Foster and her breakout role kills it. She's awesome. Uh, But just the movie in general just never really... Yeah. And normally I love Scorsese. You know I love that guy. Mm -hmm. Um, And then finally, Donnie Darko. Yeah. It's one of those pulp or uh, cult classic movies that everybody's supposed to love, you know, and... Was there ever a time where you thought you liked it? Yeah, um, just because it was so... Uh, well, one of those movies you're supposed to like, yeah. you know? Yeah. Oh, I thought of one. Yeah? It was that shaky cam movie back in Cloverfield? the day. Cloverfield? Nope. <laughs> they were out there. The, Born, Identity. Born Identity? They were out there. No, I like that one. And there was there was, there was a forest. Oh, Blair Witch Project. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't so like you, that. So you thought you liked Blair Witch for a little bit, and then... 
Oh realize. no, I just never liked it. Yeah, I think <laughs> I think I continue to misunderstand what no, we're doing I, here. I, I think that I think Blair Witch can work because you know here, here, it would. The feeling is that everyone you to wanted like, me to like it. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. And that's I didn't the thing. Like it. Yeah, yeah. I tried to be more like I, I'm with you on a couple of your choices, and actually other Scorsese films we've already talked about. Yeah, you know uh, that that I don't enjoy that a lot of people do, but I really tried to zone in on that feeling you had with Scarface, which was. You you know you were pressured to like it, and you thought you did like it, and then over time we're like, actually, that's kind of like how this. I was with uh, out of all of those Citizen Kane, yeah. and Taxi Driver, yeah, that makes sense because Taxi Driver especially just has that you know everything going for it that you're supposed to love. You're supposed to love the Scorsese. You're supposed to love right. the De Niro and the Jodie Foster, yeah, and I guess the uh, political you know. Or what would you call that? Uh, PTSD of a Vietnam vet, you know, mm-hmm. trying to do a heinous crime. But I just, I, I tried to trick myself. I'm like, no, it's a good movie. You, you like this. You like this. <laughs> but no, it just never clicked with me. Man, human nature is so interesting. Uh, yeah. Thanks for the question, Destry. We really do appreciate it. It's a great question. If you've got a SIF quest you want to send us on, make sure and hit us up. Uh, you can do that at my Twitter. It's at Aaron Dicer. I leave my DMs open in case you need a little more space. Uh, than is uh, given to you there on Twitter. Or you can just email us, feedback at sifpop.com. Uh, tends to be a way a lot of people are getting their questions in these days. So feedback at sifpop.com, and uh, we will go on a sift quest for you. Um, all right, before we finish off, uh, we've got a couple of things. Uh, first, before we get into the buried treasure, um, let's do our giveaway. We've got the the giveaway to do. Danae, are you ready to do this? I am almost ready. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, should we wait till after Buried Treasure then? Sure. All right, let's go ahead and do Buried Treasure. What do you got, Andrew? Uh, Castle Rock, the new Hulu original. How is it? I'm loving it, Because you're a Stephen King Here, guy, right? Like, that's, you know. that I don't know if this show will work for non-Stephen King fans because okay. it is, it's all about the Easter eggs, really. I'm not saying that the story isn't good because the story is really good, but it's really good because it's Stephen King, and he has that style. I know he didn't write this, but he was an executive producer on it, so it takes place in Shawshank Prison, and there's references to Cujo, there's references to um, uh, Needless Things, there's references to all of his works taking place in, you know, the Stephen King Misery, multiverse. It. Misery, yeah. Um it's interesting because uh, Bill Skarsgård is the main character in this, and he played Pennywise in the most recent It, but he's not Pennywise in this. He's an unnamed character so far. And it's interesting seeing, you know, like, okay, so they pressured him to be in this show because of he was being Pennywise, but he's not Pennywise. So there's a lot of, like, that is who, strange. who is he? What mm-hmm. is his role? Is this connected to it at all? I don't think it is, but I'm curious because here's how it feels to me. This feels like it's taking place in what I would say, in what Stephen King has said in some of his books, the world next door. Like, it sounds a lot like, you know, the multiverse of Stephen King, but some things are changed, so maybe it's in the, if there's a multiverse and it's the world next door to the one we're in Oh, right interesting. Now. And uh, there's also people who shine, you know, mm-hmm. that's a big thing, you know, in Stephen King's world, like the kids and it, or obviously the shining, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a lot of really cool stuff. 
it's really uh, I like the show where it uh, every single time it answers a question, it gives you another one back. Right. There's three episodes out right now. I wanted to make sure I saw all three episodes before you know I mentioned it. Uh, yeah, I'm on board. I'm loving Pretty it. Pretty cool. I don't know if I love it only because of Stephen King, you know, because he has his own style, but I'm loving it. I'm going to continue to hold off. I'm not a huge Stephen King fan like you are, yeah. and uh, and I haven't heard exuberant things about it. Um, so I, you know, again, my TV time is so precious. It's, it's a, it's a, it's a good time for TV I've been, and movies. Apparently. I've been hearing a lot of good. I've. It takes a lot for me to get over to the tipping point and be like, okay, I'm going to add another TV show to yeah. stuff I have to watch. And I think the show Succession just hit the tipping point. There's just so many people that uh, that I respect who are saying it's incredible television. So that may be the one I have to add here soon. But um, have to is a funny word, isn't it? Succession? Uh, yeah, Succession. On HBO? Yeah. I hated it. Oh, did you? I hated it. I well, did too. Uh, the f- <laughs> the very first episode. I, that. I didn't actually see it. Yeah, I, the very first, I only saw the first episode. But after watching the first episode, I'm like, no, I hate this. I'm not oh, that's w-. interesting. People are saying uh, around episode six, it becomes one of the best shows on TV. I, so I, No, I can't do that. Yeah. I can't. I don't go. know that I can either. Yeah. You may have just saved me some time. Who knows? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> all right. I'm going to go next. My Buried Treasure is a movie we've talked about before, but I just want to remind people it exists, that it's out there, and that it's available now uh, on DVD or digital. Uh, Isle of Dogs. I wanted to bring that oh, back up. Oh, I wanted up. to see that one. It's yeah, really and good. that's why I wanted to bring it back up, because it feels like one of those movies that just gets buried under a bunch of other movies and people don't think about checking out again. Please check it out. I I really like it. It's very enjoyable. Um, I'm not, I haven't been at least in a Wes Anderson guy, but man, recently he's been hitting it out of the park for me. The last couple ones that we've talked about. Oh no, totally. Yeah. But before that, you know, like I, I don't like Royal Tenenbaums. I don't like, you know, um, like, yeah, I really don't like life aquatic. (laughs) That's my favorite one. (laughs) I know. That's what I'm saying. So I, you know, Darjeeling limited. No. Yeah. So none of that stuff. But once he hit, um, Moonrise Kingdom, once he hit Moonrise Kingdom, uh, I've really been digging Wes Anderson. So, and of course, fantastic. I do love fantastic Mr. Fox and this is kind of, in that zone so definitely something that i wanted to remind people to check out so that's- i think we said in our review of isla dogs but i think that stop motion is the perfect form of storytelling for wesley oh yeah he because he can do all the symmetry he wants and yeah yeah no it's it's good stuff today uh no surprise my buried treasure is an app game the final app game on my little series that i'm reviewing coming to an end well, and tear. it's been fun. It's been fun too. It's all done. We're done. You've been theming the game that you pick based on the movies we're reviewing. Yeah. So this yep. one's themed on Mission Impossible and Spycraft, and yep. it's one I told you about. So I'm really excited to hear what you thought. Yeah, it was actually when I was like, "We're going to finish a series on Mission Impossible," and you're like, "Okay, I want you to do this." I game. have a game. Uh-huh. I have the game. I am so bummed to tell you that I did not beat the game. It's called Agent A. It's a very, very good game. Um, it's on both Apple and Android. It does cost a few dollars, so save up your Google Opinion Rewards points, people, <laughs> and get it for free. It's like five bucks? Yeah, it's close. I think it's $4.99. Four or five, yeah, somewhere, somewhere in there. Yep. Um, so this is definitely worth it, though. The graphics are really fun, and this is a sort of a... It's a escape room kind of a feel yeah game. it's like a spy escape room yeah so you're trying to pick up clues and you're moving through a building and then you're moving out you know the thing i don't like about the game is that like you tap the screen once to move forward towards something so let's say that you see a painting on a wall 
uh, you tap towards that and then now you see the full painting and then you can tap again and it zooms in on the painting for maybe like looking at a clue. And then to back and then you have to back up to kind of go back to a different position and you use both fingers to tap the screen to right. do that. Well, sometimes you're using you're you're trying to double tap on things and so you're zooming out and zooming back in and zooming out and zooming back in. Oh, interesting. And that kind of got old to me after a while. But I've played other games where you're zooming out and zooming back in before mm-hmm. and it hasn't been as tedious so i'm wondering if it's more because i'm so adamantly trying to beat this game (laughs) that i'm getting frustrated that i'm accidentally backing out of what i was trying to find i don't remember that ever happening to me so i don't know it's probably just my giant hands or i don't know it's such a small (laughs) minor thing though um something else to note is this game does not give you any clues or hints i love that so i've recently reviewed a game called the room which is very, very similar to Agent A in a lot of ways where you're trying to find clues and solve a puzzle. (laughs) No, not that room. Mm. Different one. (laughs) Hi, doggy. Uh, This one, um, in in the room, you can do hints. Like, you can turn it on so if you get stuck, and they'll have a various degree. So, like, in the room, you can say, I don't get it, and then they'll give you one kind of, did you check over by the cabinet? And then, I still don't get it. You can get another hint. Maybe try lifting this. You know, they'll give you very specific hints. Right, yeah. In Agent A, you got nothing, friends. You're yeah. just on your own. And I know that's what you actually loved about this. It is one of the things I love loved about it is that you, you have to play the game. You have to play the I, game. I have been a... the One of the, the main issues I had with the internet is that it just made uh, walkthroughs and cheat codes and all that kind of stuff so accessible. And it mm-hmm. ended the era of I'm stuck. You know, the era of I'm stuck in it. I loved the era of I'm stuck because when you finally get something that you have been stuck on for a long time, (laughs) there is nothing like that feeling. You know, I I like to read spoilers Um, and I I don't know. I was trying to beat this game. So I did use one like I went to a website and I read up on a clue that I got stuck on. I was stuck on it for 20 minutes. That is me staring at this room, backing out of a room and going into a room and backing out of a room and going into a room. And oh, that's around so interesting. For 20 minutes until I finally could figure it out. There were, um, prob- there were probably at least three times in this game where I was stuck in something for more than 20 minutes. I never considered it to be too like, long. painful or too long. Because I was trying to beat it before coming in today, uh, okay, I was maybe that's really yeah, incentivized yeah. and I didn't beat it. I'm, st- I'm stuck. I'm, I have a full water bucket and a lighter and I have no idea what to do in this game right now. <laughs> Um, I would definitely recommend this game. It's also really quirky and clever because the you are a spy. And so it, there's just these really funny things. Sometimes you'll like touch a boulder. It'll say, take that boulder. You know, just really cute commentary and fun commentary that keeps the game interesting. The aesthetic is very similar to Incredibles. Yeah, um, as far as the graphics, like yeah, what it looks like. Era. Yeah. It kind of feels like the technology of the, mm-hmm. that, you know, like 60s that 1950s yeah. Yeah. futuristic. Yeah. yeah, I would totally agree with that. And definitely, definitely one to recommend. So thank you, Aaron, for recommending Have you, it. both of you, have you ever done an escape room? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Does it yeah. kind of, does Fun it times. feel like? Yeah. Right. There are, I don't know that I've actually had a to- an escape room you're timed. So there's like that intensity. Yeah. Um, this game, at least so far, you're not timed on anything where you, you have to complete something. There is um, a, a, you know how you can unlock achievements in games? Yeah. There is an achievement that you can unlock where you beat the game in under 60 minutes. So I'm assuming that you beat the game and then you start it over again and you run it as fast as you can. So that would be kind of fun once you know what you're doing. 
how to get around quickly mm-hmm. and try to beat it. Um, but I, I don't know that I'll, I don't know that I'll ever do that, but it is a challenge. I, I should also mention, um, there, there's still one chapter that's unreleased, at least one chapter that's unreleased. Like you get, there's four chapters that are complete that I've completed. And I'm on the fourth one. And then there's a fifth chapter that's grayed out and says coming soon. Again, so. with a lighter and a bucket of water. And I don't, <laughs> I don't know what, I, I know I want to shoot, a, I, I want to shoot you, a watermelon. I know what I, you want to do. You do? I you, do. Oh, that's so frustrating. I know what you want to do. Well, I'm just going to transition us right into the giveaway. Let's um, do it. I want to thank everyone who went to sifpop.com uh, slash giveaway and signed up. Um, this has just been the first time we've ever done something like that, this on Sifpop. So we appreciate that you guys um, participated. And congratulations to Nick. You have won the prize package. Um, we're going to be sending you an email so that you can confirm that you you know, are okay to win it. And if Nick doesn't want it, we'll pass it along. But uh, Nick, why wouldn't you want it? So. And uh, also I'm sure we'll, uh, we'll get from Nick, whether he wants Android or yep. Apple as well. And so. then you can go back through. And if there's any app game that we've reviewed in the series that you like, you don't have to spend your own money to get it. You can try out agent a or any of the other games that had a little bit of a fee. And Hey, just a reminder, if you have an Android device, download Google opinion rewards, Answer questions about your life and get free money. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it, it is the best. And that's a wrap for DA or Danae. Great job, Danae. Great job. Thank you for letting me hijack your, your uh, feed for was worth a few it. weeks. Loved it. <laughs> if it's something uh, you want to hear again, let us know. Let us know how you felt about it. We'd love to hear your feedback on that. Uh, we did a podcast, guys. Woo! We set out to accomplish this very possible mission. <laughs> the electricity was shut off. Oh, that's true. At, at one point during the show, we literally went blackout. And what did we do? We survived. And I think we're going to have to use uh, the actual speaker recording for that section. So if you did notice like an audio change. That's why. Um, that's why. <laughs> there was actually a power outage. So We had, a, we had an point. impossible mission to solve. And somehow we accomplished we'll it. We'll make it work. We, right. made, we made it, it happen, work. guys. That's right. Well done. What? What? Huh? What? What? Is it over? What? I need my pills. Huh? Thanks so much for joining us today for Sif Pop. It is part of the Studio DNA Podcast Network. You can find out more about other live and later shows on the network by following us at Spreaker. Uh, you can either do that by downloading the Spreaker app or going to Spreaker.com slash Studio DNA. Huge thanks to the host Emeritus Danae for coming by thanks. this week. Thank you so much for having me. Where can people find you online? Uh, probably Instagram at jdanae or Twitter at Danae Says. Uh, also much love and gratitude to our Patreon supporters for giving monthly to make this show and others on the network possible. Support starts at three bucks a month. Comes with some pretty fun perks. You can find out more at patreon.com slash studio DNA. Lots of ways to connect with the podcast. You can comment at Spreaker or email us feedback at sifpop.com. And finally, if you're having a good time, your movie loving friends will probably like it too. So let them know about it. And that listening is much easier than anything Tom Cruise has done ever in the history of Tom Cruise. (laughs) Spoiler chat for Fallout should be next up in your podcast feed, and we'll be back next week with a... uh, No, we're not. A swift sift that my wife and I recorded about 8th grade. What? I didn't think you were live this week. (laughs) So my wife and I went and saw the movie 8th grade. It actually goes wide next week, and so we discussed that as well as some other stuff. So, A little preview. Did you like it? Eighth grade? Yeah, oh, I loved it. Okay, the I year of amazing it. movies continues. Okay, I'll uh, listen to the actual episode when it goes. Okay, okay. <laughs> that Bo Burnham. 
man, incredible stuff. So, yeah, so we'll see you then, and make sure you stay tuned for the spoil- spoiler cast. Bye! What? 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 Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match, with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.